All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Running a little bit late. I apologize for that. Had some te- technical difficulties. I reached over because my camera keeps turning off, so I'm going to run without my camera this uh, this uh, week. Because uh, for some reason it's tripping. And when I reached over to try and uh, check the connection in the back of the computer, I accidentally hit the cord and knocked it out. So the power went off. And I had to reboot the entire system. Then reboot everything. Operating system, Facebook, uh, Yahoo, or uh, you know Facebook and, and um, uh, YouTube. Reprime everything and then go live. So here I am at 14 minutes past the hour because it actually takes 14 minutes to start up my computer and start up all the programs and get everything loaded in the right places to actually get. So about 15 minutes takes from some from beginning to end to go live, right? And and unfortunately I was at the five minute mark, uh, getting down to two minutes in my computer still tripping. You know, if you guys hear the in the background, that's not me getting mail. That's my computer trying to recognize my camera and my camera's not working. Right. <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me, you're coughing. So, yes, yeah, so that's what's going on there, and I'm pretty sure you do hear it. So, unfortunately, I, I can't do anything about that now because uh, if I do, it'll change the dynamic of everything, and I'll have, probably have to start over again. So, today is Friday. We're going to talk about the law of one. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Welcome for those of you who are here. Share this out to the world, please. I'll be doing the same thing once we get going here. I'll start sharing as well. We'll get it out to some people. Like I said, I'm a little bit late. Normally, I'd be on at 4, and then here I am, 4.15, go, coming on, right, three minutes ago. So, but that's okay. So, we'll uh, just go from here. So, last week, we were on uh, session 89, and we got to question, I think, uh, 24. I'm going to start back at 23, uh, and then go forward, and stuff that's coming up is really, really intense, good stuff. Um, and, and I don't think we've covered this yet. Like I said, I keep getting deja vus. I did go ahead and watch some of this stuff. So I might be getting a deja vu from that. But every time I do this show, I go, we already covered this. And I go back and can't find the video, right? <laughs> so it's weird that I have memory of a lot of these uh, sessions prior to us actually, me actually airing them. Okay, so um, let me go ahead and switch cameras here. You'll see the studio. Oh, there's me, frozen, right? There's me there, frozen, guys, without a shave for today. And let me go over here and... Um, yeah, see, my dashboard uh, producer is even asking me a question, right? So let me, um, I think I can just not worry about that for now. I can just change the uh, change the view here to this. All right, let me come back over here. Yeah, so that's fine. I'm not even going to mess with that. It's asking me some question about the, the uh, thing. And as long as it doesn't time out or, or kick me off the air, I don't care. All right, so let me make sure that the dashboard is up here. I have the volume back up for raw. We will go um we will go full screen here for in a second so that you guys can see um, the full screen uh, stuff that's up there. I think it's hilarious that you guys can see my history when I do this. I should probably go full screen before I do, but that's funny. No, yeah, I was actually watching the, um, that video yesterday. Uh, those videos, as a matter of fact, uh, yesterday. <laughs> that's funny that that always shows up there. So you can always see what I was, lis- what I was watching. Uh, the history of what I was watching, at least the three or four of them there I could show you. Okay, so the law of one, uh, if, if you're just catching this and, or if you're on the MP3 podcast you, version, you don't have any visuals, so you won't be able to see what's going on. But I do have the book up that is uh, being um, run. It is uh, by um, uh, Matthew Moose. Those guys over there have the LL Research uh, approved um, book they put to a computer 
and it's also in print. So I use their videos. They're very gracious enough to have allowed me to use their videos. I get them a lot more views because people you guys hear about it and you go and listen to their videos as well. Uh, so I always want to plug them, right? Make sure that they get their full credit for the video that is being played for you to hear. This is LL Research uh, approved material. LL Research is a group of people that back between 1982, 1981 and 84, pardon me, 1981 and 1984, uh, channeled, using channeling, they reached out to the universe to see if anybody was there and they made connection. What they didn't know is that according to the universe, according to the universal way of things, they were they actually came here to do just that. So it wasn't like they were here on the planet and then they said, hey, I want to try and figure it out. They actually, those souls actually came through here at that time, particularly to do exactly what they did. And you'll find that out if you go back in the archives or, you know, their archives on Mafi Moose or mine for the show. Uh, and... You know, three years ago, I read The Law of One, which I was already talking about the way, what I called the way, the way the universe, uh, universal laws and the way the universe works uh, because of the laws of attraction and the ideology there and all of the ideologies from all of the religions that I have uh, looked into, which I've looked into just about every religion, past, present, uh, and some futuristic religions on this planet. I've spent my, devoted my life to that. Uh, I am a clergy. I try to set that tone so people understand that I am a Christian minister. I'm also a Jedi Knight in the Jedi Temple, which is a real, legit religion on this planet now. Um, and I'm also knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic Seed, so I have a, I have a, a sir title. Okay, so I, I have a, um, really, you know, my background has always been because of my family being in the military. It's always been history, military history, philosophical history and religious philosophical history. So because of all of that, that is what I have devoted my life to. That has been my, my entire life. Because when I was young, I said, we lived across the street from a Mormon church. I try to give my background so people know that I'm not just some schmuck who found this and went, hey man, I'm gonna give my, my direct interpretation of this information. Because I think, you know, and you know, unfortunately in the United States, if you speak with that accent, we always over here, to, you know, you call people hillbillies with that accent, and, and that's wrong because it's something that your accent doesn't mean that you're not in intelligent, okay? It has nothing to do with your accent, but that's the way they, they hear, they see people that speak like that as a country bumpkin, right? See, you heard that in the background. I saw the, I saw the desktop. Uh, audio with a doodaloo that's going to happen periodically through the show for those of you who are listening in on the mp3 podcast you will also hear that tone but once raw's talking it won't be so evident because raw will be speaking over it more than likely but i can't do anything about it unless i unplug my camera and if i reach back there and start messing with stuff and i pull the wrong wire everything turns off again so i'm not gonna do that okay so bear with us all right so so i, I try to give information about myself because I don't do it often enough so when people come on there who's this guy right who is that guy and what makes him think that he can interpret what's going on well first of all physics was my major in college and I had a philosophical minor right and so the the communication that's happening between Don the questioner who is in fact a, a physicist uh, and and raw that raw is using the lingo that is very very hard to understand unless you are uh, in that industry so that gave me a somewhat of an advantage, and then the fact that I know who I am and that I also came through to do this. I came here on this planet to specifically do this work, uh, along with a bunch of other stuff, but raise the vibration of this planet and help the people of this planet to ascend. Okay, so I do know that. 
so because I keep looking at the camera like it's on, it's such a habit, right? Five years of broadcasting, you're staring to a, a camera whether it's on or off instead of the looking, you know, otherwise you're looking at the wrong place and people see you look at the wrong place. That's funny, I just noticed that. Okay, so so I'd like to give a little bit of background on me so that you guys know that I'm not just some person who's just decided, you know, lay person that's just decided to think that I know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking about. I've devoted myself to researching every uh, religion on the face of the earth uh, in depth. Uh, throughout my life. I'm 53 years old. I started doing this when I was like eight or nine years old. Okay. Um, and it, you know, of course, uh, the way I've done it has changed throughout the years because when you're an eight or nine year old kid, you can't exactly re- uh, investigate things the way you can as an adult. However, I did everything that I could. Uh, and then including learning military history and, and uh, you know, philosophical history uh, it, around the world, everything ties in. And people say, how do politics tie into it? It ties into everything. Everything ties into everything. Everything affects everything, and that's one of the biggest problems that people have is they try to compartmentalize and say, well, we keep a religion out of everything, keep politics out of everything, and keep, you know, uh, you know, keep control of uh, business. And, and, you know, unfortunately, every decision that we make is made directly related to and because of all the accumulated experiences that we've had. So if you're uh, brought up as a Christian your whole life, you're going to see things from a Christian perspective because that's what you've been taught in a religious or a, uh, a you know, a uh, spiritual sense. If you've only learned Hebrewism, you will not believe anything other than the Hebrew doctrines because you don't have any education elsewhere. Okay, so it, it is the learned mind who, you know, that's, I hate to say that because it becomes like, you know, the Illuminati, the enlightened ones. But in a sense, if you are uh, aware that indoctrination is the mainstay of mainstream religions, then you need to step outside of that indoctrination and do an investigation without being indoctrinated. There are not a lot of people on the planet that can say they've done that. Do you understand? I'm one of those people, I've always been unorthodox, and I've always been, there was a time because I was brought up as a European, that that religion is really older, the religions of the Europe are, are far, thousands of years older than Christianity, thousands of years older than any religion on the face of this planet now, except maybe Hinduism, right? Except maybe Taoism, some of the Asian religions and the Indian religions because those cultures have been around uh, well history wise longer because they have written history and they had written history and where the people over in Europe didn't write down history uh, as so much as spoke the words down through so they don't know just how far and how rich the the uh, history is however I have decided and a lot of other people now here in the United States and in, in, in the UK as well have started looking at all philosophical religious backgrounds and including military and non-military uh, and, you know, um, uh, theology uh, in and of itself instead of religion. And we're taken from that context and that perspective that it's so much richer information that you gather from all of these thought processes all around the world. And if you can do that and you have done that, or if you haven't done that, you might want to look into that. It's, it's a hard thing. It takes a long time. It takes most of your life doing that. But that's what I have done. Okay. So hi, uh, Lisa, right? Yeah. Good, good night. It's nighttime for you, right? So it's, it's only uh, 425 PM here on the West coast of America right now. And Julie, welcome. Um, 
So, yeah, right. Thank you. I'm a, I'm a country bumpkin, she said when I was doing my hillbilly accent, right? I know. I, I love, uh, you know, I would be considered a country bumpkin uh, because I grew up in rural California, not in the major cities. I was 27 miles uh, northeast of San Francisco. Uh, that puts me roughly 65 miles south of Sacramento, the capital, and 386 miles north of, of Los Angeles, the biggest cities uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the state, right? So I didn't grow up, and I don't like being in big cities. I'm now in Carmichael, which is literally butts up against Sacramento, the state capital, but it's rural, um, you know, capital. Uh, it's, it's still just too many people for me. I, I prefer to be in the country where there's less people. So in a sense, I am a country bumpkin as well. I just have this I'm from nowhere accent uh, that most of your news broadcasters have, and they put on even if they are from somewhere else, right? They try to do that in Hollywood too. They don't usually want to speak with an accent. And those who do, or they're either putting it on, making it up, or they're, or they're actually speaking their own accent because that's what they use. Uh, however, I do have more of a, you know, my, my East Coast twang uh, mixed in with an Irish West Coast twang because my people are Irish on all sides. And coming forward to, to now, sometimes people say, where are you from? Are you from the South? No. Well, no, but we went there. Uh, but, you know, I'm from I am I'm from Northern California, uh, but it, but, you know, but the middle part of the state. But I still have this sometimes then when I drink, uh, I, I start losing that and I get a little bit more of an Irish accent, which is really just a slurred, drunken English accent anyway. Right. <laughs> and you're in Trinidad. Wow. I would you know, I wanted to go. I was going to move there. I was uh, back in really quick. And then we'll start with uh, um, Lisa, who is in the in the on the chat live with me. She said. That she's in Trinidad in the uh, in the Caribbean. Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? I think that's potato potato, right? I always say um, Caribbean or Caribbean, whatever my mood is. But I wanted to go. That's like the movie Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Is it Pirates of the Caribbean or is it Pirates of the Caribbean? Well, if you look at the way it's spelled, I guess it's just a matter of enunciation because there's two B's and then E A N. So it really would be Caribbean, right? Because the two B's, you say the two hard B's. Uh, either way, right? It doesn't matter. I was on. I had a yacht. I had a thirty-foot sailing yacht, which was actually a racing yacht, and uh, it could sail uh, in a draft. I had a draft of six feet, so I could sail, or just under six, or six feet, so I could go with just over six feet, so I could go up in most rivers. Uh, but I was, it was ocean worthy. Uh, it was designed by the people who designed the keel that won the America's Cup for the United States of America. This was their test design for, prior to that, back in nineteen seventy-four. Uh, when they got on from that, they said, we need to start designing racing keels. And they did. And eventually, uh, America brought home the America's Cup uh, for the first time because of that keel. And it was an experimental keel. It still is. It, took me a hard it was hard for me to get the uh, boat insured because it was an experimental keel. They had no name or design after that. It was a one-off. They put it on this one ship, uh, for the, this one 30-foot yacht for, the, for like a two-year time period. That was it. <clears throat> and then they went to making bigger ones for the racing. So it was a racing yacht, so it, it, it really fast. When you consider, you know, they talk about these big frigates um, that were sailing like um, like Captain Jack Sparrow in the movie, and they were at the fastest rate with all sails uh, flying, doing about eight knots. Uh, downwind during a storm, they did ten knots once, but that was during they were out running a hurricane, right? Um, th this thing will w d does six knots up upwind, right? They were going upwind, coming from Southern California, San Diego area, coming up to the to the bay. And the, my skipper, who was uh, sailing, it was calling me like, "My God, this thing is freaky fast." Uh, the when I sailed it back, uh, the guy did it in in less than twenty. He did it in twenty two hours straight sailing, 
And um, that's unheard of. It was doing like 10 to 12 knots going downhill with the wind. Uh, so this little teeny 30-foot yacht uh, does the speed of a 65-foot yacht or, or bigger or a schooner. Right. So so the people are like, wow, <laughs> super fast. I was going to move. I was going to sail that. I was living in San Diego on my yacht. I was going to sail it to the Caribbean, getting back to talking about what I was saying with Lisa. Um, I was going to sail to the Caribbean because I can do my job from anywhere. I have a Internet connection. So I was going to go down there and live there on my boat and do my and do this from there. Uh, but it just turned out my sister called me one of my sisters. because I have four called me up and said, you need to go check on our parents. And so I hopped a train uh, down to San Diego and came up here and said, okay, I'm moving up there. And eventually got rid of my yacht and, and let my skipper take it. And he took it back down to San Diego. And he wanted it because it was a racing yacht. He's like, dude, I'll, I'll take this off your hands. Um, so he got the yacht and I stayed up here helping my mom, who turns out my stepdad died right after I got here and my mom has Alzheimer's and so did he and, and they were really failing. So now I'm my mom's caregiver and I'm landlocked, right? <laughs> well, the river is on three sides of me, right? Two sides of me, flows around me on both sides, the, the deep water Sacramento. Okay, so let's go into, but I wanted to move there. That was my plan was to, was to live there. And you said you're in Trinidad, right? Yeah, I would have, I would love to visit Trinidad. I wanted to do all those island hopping uh, all around there. Still do. I still have it in my blood. I'm Irish, and you either want to go nowhere because you're Irish, or you want to sail around, or, or you know, you're big adventurous. You want to go all, everywhere in the world. I got that bug. I got that bug that I want to go everywhere and see everything. You know. Okay, so let's go into the law of one. Uh, we are on question uh, 23. And we're on uh, session 89. So let's go ahead and start with that instead of me rambling on. I've already wasted 18 minutes, 19 minutes rambling on, but um, I usually do. And then I'll go along anyways, right? And we all know that. Okay, so let's go over here and go into full screen. Question 89.23. Questioner, then could you tell me what information you... Hold on. I'm going to get that into full screen. Then I have to hop out real quick because I want to make sure... Nope, that didn't work got to back out. I want to make sure that, there we go, make sure that you guys are actually seeing that screen. Yes, you are. Sometimes I uh, make sure that the sound was on, and it is. Okay, sorry about you that. You gave to the Egyptian priests who first were contacted or taught with respect to the first archetype. Is this possible for you to do within the limit? All right, really quickly for those of you, because I was talking through that and clicking it on and off, those of you who are on the MP3 broadcast, the question is, it's 89.23, 23rd question in session 89. Then could you tell me what information you gave the Egyptian priests who were contacted or taught with respect to the first archetypes or the first archetype? Uh, is this possible for you to do uh, within the limits of the first distortion? So they're talking about the tarot cards. If you didn't catch the last week's show or the one before that, they're talking about the tarot cards. Uh, Raw claims their people invented the first tarot cards to help the human race to ascend. So they had so the first deck was only 22 cards, and that is the first 22 archetypes. And that's what they're focusing on here. The other cards that were invented after that were invented later, but they also uh, work within the bounds of those archetypes. That's why you have, um, they invented the cards, the 52 deck playing cards. When, when they had to go underground and they used the 52 deck playing cards, that's why you have the suited, right, hearts and, and spades and clubs and diamonds. So you have the king, queen, right? You have the archetypes, the large archetypes, 
that were in there, but they couldn't have all 22. So they had to then change things for your playing cards. And then if you count, right, one, one through uh, 10 plus the, the, the jack, the queen, and the king, right? So that's what, 13, 14, 15 times four suits. That's how you get the 52 cards. Okay, so uh, so that's that's how the playing cards came into effect because they had to, in some way, show you the other archetypes, but they couldn't have the pictures that they do uh, for the mage and the sorcerer and the you know the um, goddess, and they couldn't have those anymore. So they used the king and the queen and the jack as the first as the god goddess and uh, and the um, the fool, right? And then they actually they kept the joker as the fool but that's not that's not counted when you play a game because nobody plays with jokers unless they're wild so the joker is actually the fool and then the the knight would have been uh the mage or the you know the the wizard and the wizardess so <clears throat> then all the other ones are still there and you can compare that if you have the knowledge of the 22 you can see that the suits then break down the other uh, portions that's why you have like in different you have like coins and cups and those were the the suits of uh, your spades and your diamonds and your hearts and your clubs. So you can you can actually see that correlation if you want to and make that. And they, they kind of do go over that, I think, in this a bit. But right now they're focusing on the archetypes, uh, and it gets pretty intense and pretty deep. So here we go. Limits of the first distortion. Answer, I am Ra. It is possible. Our first step, as we have said, was to present the descriptions in verbal form of three images, 1, 8, 15, then the questions were asked, what do you feel that a bird might represent? What do you feel that a wand might represent? What do you feel that the male represents? And so forth until those studying were working upon a system whereby the images used became evocative of a system of concepts. This is slow work when done for the first time. We may note with sympathy, that you undoubtedly feel choked by the opposite difficulty that of a great mass of observation upon this system, all of which has some merit as each student will experience the archetypical mind and its structure in a unique way useful to that student. We suggest that one or more of this group do that which we have suggested in order that we may, without infringement, offer observations on this interesting subject which may be of further aid to those inquiring in this area. We would note at this time that the instrument is having almost continuous pain flares, Therefore, we ask that each of the support group be especially aware of any misinformation in order that we may correct any distortions of information the soonest possible. Question 89.24 Questioner, now as I understand it, what you suggest as far as the tarot goes is to study the writings that we have available and from those formulate questions. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. No. And now we're going to the next video. For those of you on the MP3 file, there's a, a blank space here. <clears throat> so this is um, session 89, the second part of that. Question 89.25. Questioner, I'm sorry that I didn't understand exactly what you meant with respect to this. Would it be appropriate then for me to answer the questions with what I think is the meaning of the three items that you spoke of for card number one and then card date, etc.? Is this what you mean? Answer, I am Ra. This is very close to our meaning. It was our intention to suggest that one or more of you go through the plan of study which we have suggested. 
the queries having to do with the archetypes as found in the Tarot after this point may take the form of observing what seem to be the characteristics of each archetype, relationships between mind, body and spiritual archetypes of the same ranking such as matrix or archetypes as seen in relationship to polarity, especially when observed in the pairings. Any observations made by a student which have fulfilled the considerations will receive our comment in return. Our great avoidance of interpreting, for the first time, for the learned teacher various elements of a picture upon a piece of pasteboard is involved both with the law of confusion and with the difficulties of the distortions of the pictures upon the pasteboard. Therefore, we may suggest a conscientious review of that which we have already given concerning this subject as opposed to the major reliance being either upon any rendition of the archetype pictures or any system which has been arranged as a means of studying these pictures. Question 89.26 Questioner, all right, I'll have to do that. Ra stated that a major breakthrough was made when proper emphasis was put on our Canon 22. This didn't happen until Ra had completed third density. I assume from this that Ra, being polarized positively, probably had some of the same difficulty that occurred prior to the veil in that the negative polarity was not appreciated. That's a guess. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. In one way it is precisely correct. Our harvest was overwhelmingly positive and our appreciation of those which were negative was relatively uninformed. However, we were intending to suggest that in the use of the system known to you as the Terot for advancing the spiritual evolution of the self a proper understanding, if we may use this misnomer, of Archetype 22 is greatly helpful in sharpening the basic view of the significator of mind, body and spirit and, further, throws into starker relief the transformation and great way of mind, body and spirit complexes. So the <coughs> 22nd archetype pardon me with the phlegm problem is either the fool or the world depending on how you count the numbers because the fool is zero so if you count that and go to 22 the 21st which is the last of the 22 because of the fool being zero is the world okay and then if you count uh, of 1 through 22 it's because some people count 1 through 22 and have the have the zero at the end of it being the 22nd. So I'm not sure which one he was referring to there because it depends on your starting point. So if you start with zero and then work your way up, then it, then it becomes the world, okay? And both of those are inward reflections. One is a successful inward reflection on an outwardly uh, way towards the, the rest of the world. And all of that is that that is in the world. So that I can see being something that you would want. And then the fool is us. The fool is is you personally looking within yourself. Uh, so I think they're they're talking about it the other way around, where you when if you look at the the twenty second uh, uh, archetype as the fool, that would be a starting point for for me. This is where we try to get everybody to start instead of trying to realize the whole or the mind you know the high mind complex that we are a part of and forgetting that that we are. Uh, instead of starting with that, we, we tend to get people to start looking within because we have damage that's being done to us. And the fool is perfectly aligned with the way to describe the human mind in this third density. Because you're here and everything is taken from you and this place has been hijacked and not allowed to grow properly, we are all the fool, but it's not our fault. So we're not stupid. 
because most people you think what the fool means that you're dumb or something and we're not that has nothing to do with it it has to do with we have been and are fooled by the universe itself and these people who are deceiving us on purpose to keep us status quo so that none of us can actually graduate from here and actually ascend the way that we're naturally supposed to in the way that the universe works. So I would I would tend to um, start people with zero as a focus and then you know you could look at the world once you understand yourself how can you out outwardly understand the world when you don't even in, you know, outwardly or inwardly understand who you are so to truly understand anything it's just like they teach in philosophy uh, you know to understand the philosophical uh, thought of someone who has written something philosophically you need to delve into the mindset of that person at the time so you have to look in history at what was going on around that person to, to understand what they based their philosophical thought process on and what motivated them to say the things that they were saying or even research those things. So you have to look into the history, the military history, the religious background, all of this. You have to learn everything you can about the writer to actually understand and un unbox the ideology that the writer was talking about. So the same goes for the universe. How can you look at the universe from your perspective when your perspective is askew? So you first have to fix yourself. Then you can start looking at all of the other things. Because when you do, you're going to find that you're looking at them through a bias that you're unaware of. Because things to you, you think are a certain way and that they should be that way for everybody in the, in the universe. And it's not, depending on where it is that you were um, born. People over here, they look at people from, uh, you know, another part of the world who would cook and eat cats or dogs and say, oh, my God, that's so hideous. Yet we kill and slaughter their sacred cow and eat it all the time. And you think it's fine to go and get a hamburger. They're appalled by that. They're crazily appalled by that. So you have, to see, you have to understand that that is true, truly, everything is a matter of perspective. And it's to understand that, you have to investigate that. You have to realize these things. You have to go out to the world and, and actually look at the world to understand it. So people, you know, the, and, and that's where people get mad, like when, uh, you know, uh, when the terrorists were attacking and people like me would say, listen, you have to understand why they hate us. You don't, you can't, you know, then they're like, I can't believe that you, you think that we should just learn about them and know who they are. And I'm like, well, if you don't, that's arrogant to think that they know everything about you because they don't. They're using a blanket on you just like you're putting a blanket on them. And that's what most of our problems are that we have uh, in, in, the, in the communication or in the interaction with people from other religions. If you look at that whole coexist movement, I think that's the greatest thing because the truth is, the big religions, the big three or four religions are all fighting over the same thing. <laughs> the, the prayers were even the same. I said this before. If you see somebody who's Muslim, what do they say? They say what? They say, assalamu alaikum. And then the response to that is, alaikum salam. Do you know what those words translate into in English? If you're Catholic or Christian, you're going to get these words. Okay? If you go to a Catholic church and have ever gone to a Catholic church, the priests get up and the first thing they say is, peace be with you. And the response is, and also with you. The words, assalamu alaikum, alaikum salam, mean peace be upon you, and also you. So the words aren't even the difference. They're exactly the same. The greeting in Christianity, especially Catholicism, is the exact same greeting by the, by the Hindus. Or by the, I'm sorry, by the, by the um, I just said it, and I'm, I'm getting my religions all, all screwed up. Uh, by the uh, 
Muslims. I apologize for that. Brain fart. Okay, so their religion is the same. Their God is the same. And people say the same thing. If you go to Hebrew, you know, what do they say? They say, Lahayim. What does that mean? Doesn't that mean peace be with you, right? Peace be upon you. So uh, I think it's that one. Or Shalom, right? No, Shalom is a hello. Um, but, you know, you, you, they say the same things. Peace be with you. Peace be upon you. That word upon means with. That word with means upon. Okay, so so the words are exactly the same. They're killing each other over what? Because one religion doesn't believe in a prophet. They think there could only be one prophet, and it could only be this person. That's that's the, the indoctrination. The Hebrews don't believe that Jesus was a prophet at all. They don't believe he was anybody. Okay? They don't believe that Muhammad was a prophet at all. They don't believe he was anybody, just some guy, some schmuck preaching in the desert. Because they believe that they have the, the the four or five apostles that you know God supposedly talked to thousands and thousands of years ago, and that's it. God turned off the phone after that, right? Then you have the Muslims who say that Jesus was nobody, and those Jews are crazy, and that there is only one God, and there and Muhammad is the, the prophet. Okay, well Muhammad was their prophet, and I've said this before. I've investigated this, and the Jesus factor has happened around the world seven times that I'm sure of that I can prove, but I suspect 12 times in 12 different places in 12 different lands in 12 different times in the last 100,000 years. The same exact event with a different name in a different place, but everything else is exactly the same. Ra being one of them. Go and look up what Ra has done. Ra walked on water. Ra made the blind see. Raw cured diseases, brought people dead from uh, uh, from uh, dead back to life, turned water into wine. All of these things that prophet had done. Exactly the same as Jesus, exactly the same as Muhammad, exactly the same as as over here in America, that the uh, the religion, the, the Christian religion over here, the Mormons based their things on was a robed figure who looked like and sounded like Jesus appeared to them and led John Smith to these plates, translate these plates, and it is the word of God. How is that different than a burning bush giving uh, Moses uh, blue plates, right? Indigo plates. How is that different? It's not. But in the minds of the Hebrew, that didn't happen. No dude showed up and said that, right? So I, I'm just saying, I don't know if any of all those are true, but I know that those are the stories that are being told. So the message is still the same. It's the message that is important, not the semantics of the religion. And that's what people need to understand. You need to throw off all that crap, right? The Catholic uh, Church wouldn't let the men or the women get married, so they were raping and pillaging the little boys and girls. And sometimes they were raping the nuns, too. And sometimes just having sex with them. Okay, so that, that Luther changed that. Luther said that's the part of this that is wrong that is causing this problem. They still have that rampant in that Christian religion. But Lutheranism started a religion that he didn't want to call Lutheranism, but they called it that anyways. He, they, he started the Church of Lutheranism, and, and which became called that. But he was allowing women to be clergy the way Jesus spoke the word. Allowing the, the family, them to have families. Not being married to the church. Jesus didn't preach that. That was preached by a Peter after he usurped the church from Mary. You can look that up. So 
when you take all of these religions and break them down to their message, you find that that message has been told more than once all across this planet for a very, very long time. So the message in and of itself is far more important than the who or the name of who that person is. Get over that. A name is just a name. That's one of the biggest problems that we have. Right? Probably is the biggest problem that we have. And, and the other problem is that people tend to listen to their ego more than they should. You need the ego because it keeps you in line, just like, uh, you know, you have the angel on the right shoulder and your ego on your left, which is the devil, right? You have, you have that there to give you every choice. You have to have that there to make the right choice. If you don't know what you're up against, you don't know how to solve the problem. So the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. The first step in doing a positive thing is knowing what the negative is so that you know that there is a contrast. So here on, on our, and they're going to talk about this. This is why I'm talking about it now. We're going to be talking about this as we go here, as soon as we get into 90 and into 91. Raw talks about the story that he talked about early on. We'll get to that. Okay. Question 89.27. Questioner. Was some of Ra's population negatively harvested at the end of Ra's third density? Answer, I am Ra. We had no negative harvest to such although there had been two entities which had harvested themselves during the third density in the negative or service to self path. This is exactly what I was leading to just a second ago. That's why I stopped. I know that sometimes some of you guys listeners out there go, dude, you were rambling on, had nothing to do with what we were talking about. And then you find out that usually when I do the rambling on, it's just prior to Raw gets into that information, and that's why I went all the way down that road that I went. I'll continue and you'll see. There were, however, those upon the planetary surface during third density whose vibratory patterns were in the negative range but were not harvestable. Question 89.28 Questioner, what was Ra's average total population incarnate on Venus in third density? Answer, I am Ra. We were a small population which dwelt upon what you would consider difficult conditions. Our harvest was approximately 6,500,000 mind-body-spirit complexes. There were approximately 32 million mind-body-spirit complexes repeating third density elsewhere. See, so there's not really a large population, you have to understand that. The population of the state of California that I live in is roughly 40 million people. Okay, so you just heard 32 million plus 6 million, right? That's 38 million people on, in his, on his planet during that harvest. We have more people in the state of California than Ra had on their entire planet, right? So you have to understand the contrast. So because there were a lot less people, you, you heard him say, that they weren't that evil. They were just a, a little bit evil, but not enough to be harvested. There's a reason for that, and we'll get into that in just a second as we go further, but I wanted to reach out and say hello to Tracy. Welcome. I didn't see you there right in the beginning because I was sharing this at the time. That takes me off the screen where I can't read the chat. <laughs> so so welcome aboard. Please share this out. Everybody take the time to share this out. Share this out. And if you're catching this on the MP3 file and it's not live, share it out anyways. Right? Okay, here we go, guys. Question 89.29. Questioner. What was the attitude prior to harvest of those harvestable entities of Ra with respect to those who were obviously unharvestable? Answer, I am Ra. Those of us which had the gift of polarity felt deep compassion for those who seemed to dwell in darkness. This description is most apt as ours was a harshly bright planet in the physical sense. There was every attempt made to reach out with whatever seemed to be needed. 
However, those upon the positive path have the comfort of companions and we have rather spent a great deal of our attention upon the possibilities of achieving spiritual or metaphysical adepthood or work in indigo ray through the means of relationships with other selves. Consequently, the compassion for those in darkness was balanced by the appreciation of the light. Question 89.30 Questioner would Ra have the same attitude toward the unharvestable entities or would it be different at this nexus than at the time of harvest from the third density? Answer, I am Ra. Not substantially. To those who wish to sleep we could only offer those comforts designed for the sleeping. Service is only possible to the extent it is requested. We were ready to serve in whatever way we could. This still seems satisfactory as a means of dealing with other selves in third density. It is our feeling that to be each entity which one attempts to serve is to simplify the grasp of what service is necessary or possible. See, so he just said they, just said, I always say he in the generic, and I mean they, raw, just said that some people want to be asleep. So it's more like the Matrix, uh, the movie, than people really actually understand. And the, and the reason for that is some people are here, this is where we're baby souls. So some people are here for the very first time. They're not, they're not caught in a loop yet. And some of the ones that are caught in a loop are still haven't learned everything that they were supposed to learn anyways. So they're kind of caught in the loop. But depending on how early you are in your development as a, uh, as a uh, soul, as a spirit thinking and being self-aware for the first time in your existence, then you, then you become in this particular place a human being. Okay? And... In the beginning, you don't want to be awake because you're you're still trying to learn what it is to you're learning the beginning. The, the the you're in the infancy, right? You're not going to graduate college when you're when you're joining the kindergarten. So some of these people aren't calling out for help because they don't need help yet. That's what's going on here as well. That's why when I talk to people and sometimes people say, you know, I hate it when I'm talking to somebody and they just won't won't listen. I'm like, you're not you're not going to reach them. You're not going to reach them because they're not ready to be reached yet. That's why I tell people I'm not here to, to preach to you or you know a religion. I'm not trying to teach you a religion. I'm trying to teach you the way of the universe uh, so that you understand what's going on and how to get out from under this veil. Now, whether you believe it or not is up to you. This is what he was just saying, what they were just saying, that you have free will to choose whatever you want. So if you decide that what I'm saying to you isn't for you, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get angry at you in any way or berate you in any way. That just means that you're not focusing on this particular aspect of your development at this particular time in your life. Does that necessarily mean that I am in a place that's higher in some way, in some rank than you? Not necessarily. Because you may have already learned everything that I have been trying to learn in this lifetime, but you have decided now to take the lifetime that is just learning to live. Each one of us sets our own path and learns everything in the, when we want to learn it. You see, we have also that free. So you, we are free in that aspect. So it's not like there is a day one, a day two, and a day three, and a day four, or year one, year two, lifetime one, lifetime two. Life, and everybody does the same thing like we have structured here. When you go to school, it's not like that at all. You're, you're free to do whatever you want. When we're going to school... We're doing that because we have decided as a society that that we need to tell you everything that's going on. And that's a that's a that's a, a matter of control. OK, 
by doing up that and setting up that system of we need to teach these kids things, this is what you need to know, they have decided the curriculum. Okay, and that curriculum they decide is the only knowledge you gain. The churches did the same thing. Everything is set up to put you into and get used to you being in a caste system. Okay? And your job is dictated by what you're taught, and what you're taught is dictated by where you live and your race. Okay, do you understand that? If you actually get that concept of what I just said, you will look at everything in our you, everything that's in our world completely different. Poor people stay poor unless you are determined to get out of that poverty because they won't teach you how. The only way you learn anything, really truly learn anything in life, is to go above and beyond what they're trying to teach you. I learned that at a very young age, being a very smart uh, person, having a very high IQ. I got tired of waiting. Why do we have to take so long to get through this? Because it's set down in a curriculum, and you have to abide by that. But what if I'm already done with that, teacher, and I want to go forward? I had this conversation with many teachers. No, because you might not get it right. See, they, they don't have confidence that you will, and I agree with this in some sense, that you'll actually learn what you're supposed to learn from it. If you hand somebody the Bible and five different people the Bible and tell them to interpret every, you know, the same exact chapter, you're going to get five different interpretations of what that meant. So when they wanted people to learn things in the proper way, there are certain things that you need to be told because if you're not told them, you may not know they're bad. That's their theory. Do I agree with that? Not necessarily. Sometimes yes. Because I've seen people talking about, you know, all of a sudden I'm 12D now, right? I'm like, you're not 12D. You're just not, <laughs> right? I'm already, I've moved past the fourth dimension. I'm in, going into the fifth. Dude, you're still residing in the third. You have not even gone to the fourth because you don't understand the concept. However, there are levels to the octave that is the third dimension. So there is a philosophical, spiritual 4D and 5D, but that's misconstrued in most people's minds. They think they're in the fourth dimension now somehow. And I'm like, uh, are you guys skipping over that? Or do you not get, understand that? So I constantly try to tell people that, you know, that you, you know, wow, that was such a great four, 5D experience. Explain to me how that became 5D. And they always fall back to, well, it's my spirit and my soul and my knowledge. Knowledge doesn't make you, knowledge does make you vibrate at a higher level, but it doesn't transcend a whole octave of a reality. So people need to understand that the reality is a 3D reality and that your philosophical or your spiritual uh, uh, level can be construed or represented by saying D, but you're not meaning, you're not meaning dimension, okay? And, and that's where it kind of gets backwards too because even Ra explains this as the third density. Speaking of the physical body but not the not the spiritual mind the third density being a 3d reality which we don't perceive as a density we call it a dimension do you understand so the translation gets askew you're you lose a little bit in translation there and so people have gotten confused <coughs> when they're saying 3d 4d 5d 6d they think they're saying dimension when they're, when they're talking about a density, and the, the dimension is the physical place, your density is your physical body in that place. So when Ra refers to going to the fourth di uh, density, that's actually a place. 
and it's a representation of the body being being less dense at the higher up you go the less dense your body is as you shed the the physical body and gain the spiritual one you lose your physical body so so you so the 12th density would be a place where you are energy but it's still a dimension it's a place that you have to go to because the vibration there is different from the vibration here. I know I'm going off the subject right here, but I, I have a pet peeve with that, that people don't understand exactly what they're talking about. And the only way that you're actually going to get everything is you have to see the separation between a place, a physical body, and your spiritual aspect. Those all become one later and have no meaning. But here, they do. Past, present, and future are all separate. Only here. Okay? So you have to understand that your physical being is different than the place you're in, and your physical uh, being is different than your spiritual being and its existence. Okay? So when you just say 3D, that's, like a, that's just a blanket you're throwing out there. What does that actually mean to you? So if you're not understanding the physical place, the, the physicality of your body, the vibration of your body, and then the vibration of your soul are different. That's why they say hive mind complex, spirit mind body complex. There's a separation in those three. That's why they talk about that when you talk about the chakras and you're talking about the, the different, you know, we talk, always talk about the, the, the eight major chakras, but there's actually, what is it, 12, 13? 12. There's actually 12 because you have one that resides the earth. The earth chakra energy is below your base root chakra. And then above your uh, crown chakra are, you know, your higher self, your higher, higher self, and then the universal self, and then, you know, or, or your higher self, the universal self, and the God, the one. Those chakra points interact with everything else, all the, you know, thousand or so that we have in, in like every joint you have is a chakra point and uh, everything that moves is a chakra point. But people don't really focus on that so much. You don't really need to right here, right now. But it's just something that is actually there. Your aura is connected, and some people can see how far you're connected to your higher self or to the universe because those auras, the colors that people see, are those chakras that reside outside of your body. Jesus had an aura that some say was you know, 16 feet wide. I would suggest that he was pretty much attached to the one in a way spiritually that none of us are. The average aura is, you know, is only maybe a, a few feet, a couple feet, sometimes inches off of a person's body. Some people have a big aura and it goes wider, right? It goes, but he had one that was huge, they say. I don't know how they knew that unless there was people back then that could see that. That's very possible. Hasn't changed. We are still the same. Okay, so let's continue on here with this because, you know, what I'm saying there is kind of a ramble, but not because we're going to get into all this as we go here. Question 89.31. Questioner, what techniques did the two negatively harvested entities use for negative polarization upon such a positively polarized planet? Answer, I am Ra. The technique of control over others and domination unto the physical death was used in both cases. Upon a planetary influence much unused to slaughter these entities were able to polarize by this means. Upon your third density environment at the time of your experiencing such entities would merely be considered, shall we say, ruthless despots which waged a holy war. Question 89.32.
Questioner, did these two entities evolve from the second density of the planet Venus along with the rest of the population of Venus that became Ra from second density to third? Answer, I am Ra. Welcome, Rob. Rob Board, welcome. Yeah, right? I'm glad that you're here, buddy. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, by the way. I can see that when I when I look at you in the chat. It says sharer. So you shared the shares out. Thank you. And welcome. It has been, right? Here we go. No. Question 89.33. Questioner, what was the origin of the two entities of which you speak? Answer, I am Ra. These entities were wanderers from early positive fifth density. Question 89.34. Now, this here, what he's talking about, I do believe because he gets into the details, and this is what I was talking about before I told you you would understand what I was saying. He's talking about these two entities early on in the the earlier sessions when they talked about how things got started the way they are now with the chaos theory and with the mind, you know, the one mind wipe and, and all of that. And this is why I bring this up because he's talking about these people again here, okay? So they... He'll, he'll explain how he has contact with them again here. The story goes the way Raw told it was originally we didn't have the veil. We didn't have the, the forgetting. We didn't have evil, okay, or the chaos that we call evil. We didn't have any of that, and everybody was lazy and weren't really experiencing things or trying to better themselves because they knew they were right. I'm actually part of the one, so I know that eventually I'm going to uh, strive back to that. So they were not in any hurry to get anything done. That was slowing down the one true creator of the universe's ideology of learning every possible infinite thing that could they could experience. So they introduced chaos and they asked for volunteers and two volunteers, one male and one female, decided to go back to a, a three-dimensional planet and ascend back to that, be a wanderer and ascend and then basically be evil. So eventually they found each other on the planet and they, and they got, you know, they, they fell in love, of course, because they were already together before and they wreaked havoc on the planet, murdered millions of people. And in doing so, introduced the negative aspect of our being. And then when they graduated, they actually were harvested to the to the fourth dimension or fourth density on the negative side. And that was very disconcerting to them. And they had to change their ways. And eventually they did and came back through when Raw was going halfway, about midway through Raw's experience in the fifth is when they showed back up. Okay. And he'll explain that right here. So, so that what he was—he doesn't uh, catch it. Don doesn't catch that this is a redundant information that he's giving him, or make the correlation, or even talk about it. That hey, this is the people you told me the story of that basically introduced evil to the universe. He doesn't make a correlation, but if you go back and listen to the exact description what I just told you, but go back and find that uh, early on in the early sessions and listen to that description or read it in your book, then come back to here, 89.34 or 89.33, and then read on, you're going to find that this is the exact same scenario, same two people that he's talking about. Questioner, and though they had already evolved through a positive fourth density, they, shall we say, switched polarity in the reincarnating in third density. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. This is correct. Question 89.35. Questioner. What was the catalyst for their change? Answer, I am Ra. In our peoples there was what may be considered, 
from the viewpoint of wisdom, an overabundance of love. These entities looked at those still in darkness and saw that those of a neutral or somewhat negative viewpoint found such harmony, shall we say, sickening. The wanderers felt that a more wisdom-oriented way of seeking love could be more appealing to those in darkness. First one entity began its work. Quickly the second found the first. These entities had agreed to serve together and so they did, glorifying the one creator but not as they intended. About them were soon gathered those who found it easy to believe that a series of specific knowledges and wisdoms would advance one towards the Creator. The end of this was the graduation into fourth density negative of the Wanderers, which had much power of personality, and some small deepening of the negatively polarized element of those not polarizing positively. There was no negative harvest to such. Question 89.36 Questioner, what was the reason for the wandering of these two wanderers, and were they male and female? Answer, I am Ra. All wanderers come to be of assistance in serving the Creator, each in its own way. The wanderers of which we have been speaking were indeed incarnated male and female as this is by far the most efficient system of partnership. Question 89.37 Questioner, as a wild guess, one of these entities wouldn't be the one who has been our companion here for some time, would it? Answer, I am Ra. No. See, so the only place that he actually went was thinking that the assassin that was trying to kill Carla was one of those entities. No. Question 89.38 Questioner, then from what you say I am guessing that these wanderers returned or wandered to Ra's third density possibly to see greater wisdom in what they saw as an overabundance of compassion in the Ra culture. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. This is incorrect in the sense that before incarnation it was the desire of these wanderers only to aid in service to others. The query has correctness when seen from the viewpoint of the wanderers within that incarnation. Question 89.39 Questioner, I just can't understand why they would think that a planet that was doing as well as the population of Venus was doing as far as I can tell would need wanderers in order to help with the harvest. Was this at an early point in Ra's third density? Answer, I am Ra. It was in the second cycle of 25,000 years. We had a harvest of six out of thirty, to speak roughly, of millions of mind, body, spirit complexes, less than twenty percent. Wanderers are always drawn to whatever percentage has not yet polarized, and come when there is a call. There was a call from those which were not positively polarized as such but which sought to be positively polarized and sought wisdom, feeling the compassion of other selves upon Venus as complacent or pitying towards other selves. See, so he's explaining it there, or they, Ra is explaining it, but Don's not making the connection that it is those the, from the original story, because uh, they were you know, only 20%, uh, roughly 20% was being harvested. That was far too little, right? So the call went out. They needed wisdom. They needed something to help them, and that was what they got. They got chaos. They got evil. Question 89.40. So the scary thing is, and this is why I wanted to backtrack to this and make sure that we covered this as much as I have, is that, you know, they say that from our perspective, this is the, the center of the universe. Okay, so from our perspective, this is where the Big Bang happened. Now, it had to have been early on in the development of this universe because Venus in this solar system is equated with the beginning of the veil 
Okay. So the truth, I think, might actually say that we, even though we're arrogant and say that, you know, the rest of the universe revolves around us. However, scientists now say from our perspective, it looks like we are the, where the Big Bang happened. I think that it's very possible. Now, have we humans been here all of that time? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That I haven't woken up to yet. So what did we get here back then? Have we been here for millions and millions and billions of years on this planet? Some people say we have been here for millions of years, maybe even billions. I don't know. I haven't gotten that answer yet. I am still here and bound by where I am here. I have remembered many things about, you know, where I was before I was here and how long approximately I've been here, right? But I don't know all of everything because if I did, I would be completely awake. And if that happens, and you know, and I'm, I'm basically would be vibrating at a four-dimensional level, I would be ascending. So I would have to leave this physical body to join that physical body, which is less dense than this physical body and doesn't represent doesn't re, uh, look a lot like us here. But in the fifth, is it the fifth, the fifth or the eighth? We look a lot more physically like we do here. We just have less of a body. Eventually we have like a torso and a head. And, and then I think our arms go away. Our legs are already gone. The lower part of our body is already gone. And we manifest food out of out of thin air. Uh, to eat and so or out of the what you know what do you want to call it the you know the the etheric that is I don't know but I, I know some of that <laughs> but I don't know all of it oh questioner what was the attitude of these two entities after they graduated into fourth density negative and the veil being removed realized that they had switched polarities answer I am Ra they were disconcerted yeah I would be too question 89.41 Questioner, then did they continue striving to polarize negatively for a fifth density harvest in the negative sense or did they do something else? Answer, I am Ra. They worked with the fourth density negative for some period until, within this framework, the previously learned patterns of the self had been recaptured and the polarity was, with great effort, reversed. There was a great deal of fourth density positive work then to be retraced. Question 89.42 Questioner, how is Ra aware of this information? By what means does Ra know the precise orientation of these two entities in fourth density negative, etc.? Answer, I am Ra. These entities joined Ra in fourth density positive for a portion of the cycle which we experienced. See, so it was fourth density. I'm, I, I'm sorry, I thought it was fifth where they where he had, uh, had them. So they came in just before they had moved. I think they're in the fourth now, getting ready to move into the fifth. I don't believe they're in the fifth, getting ready to move into the sixth, but that is possible. That Ra is not transitioning. That entire race is not transitioning. They are staying uh, with the Galactic Council of Venus and working with us because they're partly responsible, if not 100% responsible, for um, us being stuck. Okay, and, and, and so they're here to help. They came down here to help before other other races did as well, and that's where we lost the people in in uh, South America and Central America who just like disappeared off the face of the earth. Those people ascended. One group who was super super violent, they were they were pulled off uh, to be reset and um, put in the place of healing, and then to be reintroduced to the to the population. And the ones in South America who disappeared were the ones who actually ascended. So the entire um, race of people down there ascended. Uh, and that's why that population just disappeared. But the 
but the Aztecs and the and the Mayans, um, there's a question about which of those were um, were harvested not because they graduated, but because they were too violent and they needed to be fixed. Uh, and then you had Ra coming in and supposedly talking to the Egyptians, and that information there uh, from uh, you know from North Africa was then taken and um, absconded, and the priests used it only for themselves and the you know the pharaohs, and that information ended up um, causing I think uh, you know the the whole Atlantis thing that happened, and then those people screwed with uh, as as below so above. Um, and I always say that there that way now because it should be as below so above, not as above so below. As above so below just gives you the ideology that there is a creator God, which is untrue. The creator God is us, we. Uh, so there was no alien races who created the human race. So when you say the powers uh, as above so below tends to stick in your head because of all of the stuff that we have been indoctrinated with to a deity figure creating us. And it's just not true. We were created by a deity figure, but it's not the one. It's not an alien. It was us. It was the one true creator of the universe. And we are a part of that creation. We are our conscious minds. That's the spiritually what you need to understand is that we are the one. We are just a daydream a thought that has been given life from the one true creator, just like you do when you daydream and you have something going on there and you make up characters and you're daydreaming. It's not unlike that. And that's the way Ra explains it in the very beginning. Imagine you're a thought. Okay, so let's continue with him talking about these two. And he still doesn't get that it's the from the story of the uh, incarnation of evil. Question 89.43. Questioner, I assume, then, that they came in late. Is this correct? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Question 89.44. Questioner, I didn't mean to get so far off the track of my original direction, but I think that some of these excursions are enlightening and will help in understanding the basic mechanisms that we are so interested in in evolution. Ra stated that archetypes are helpful when used in a controlled way. Would you give me an example of what you mean by using an archetype in a controlled way? Answer, I am Ra. We speak with some regret in stating that this shall be our last query of length. There is substantial energy left but this instrument has distortions that rapidly approach the limit of our ability to maintain secure contact. The controlled use of the archetypes as that which is done within the self for the polarization of the self and to the benefit of the self, if negatively polarized, or others, if positively polarized, upon the most subtle of levels. Keep in mind at all times that the archetypical mind is a portion of the deep mind and informs thought processes. When the archetype is translated without regard for magical propriety into the manifested daily actions of an individual the greatest distortions may take place and great infringement upon the free will of others is possible. This is more nearly acceptable to one negatively polarized. However, the more carefully polarized of negative mind, body, spirit complexes will also prefer to work with a finely tuned instrument. May we ask if there are any brief queries before we leave this working? Question 89.45 Question See, so there he was speaking about the corruption of the knowledge of itself and how that, that can repolarize people in the negative sense and that either way all people... Uh, are positive or negative, uh, find it easier with a with a fine-tuned machine, meaning your mind, your body, and your uh, spirit, right? Your 
So your mind body spirit complex is the is the the whole totality of your mind, your body and your spirit. So you have to get your mind straight, your body straight and your spirit straight. So there is a difference between your mind and your spirit. Your mind is locked into this avatar, your spirit is the immortal soul that is attached to that mind. The body is is what is housing that mind, your brain. Do you understand? So the mind, the body and the spirit become the complex that becomes you, the one. I'll just make the statement that I perceive that a negative polarity harvest is possible with less negativity in the environment like Ra's environment than in the environment such as we have at present and ask if that is correct, and then is there anything that we can do to improve the contact or the comfort of the instrument? Answer, I am Ra. Firstly, the requirements of harvest are set. It is, however, easier to serve the self completely or nearly so if there is little resistance. In the matter of the nurturing of the instrument we suggest further manipulation of the dorsal side and appendages of this instrument and the whirling of the waters, if possible. The alignments are conscientious. We ask for your vigilance in alignments and preparations. All is well, my friends. So here he says, or they say, the whirling of the waters. See, even there, that, that right there is the, the, the whirling meaning spinning stirring of the water by and we're just now learning this and it's there's only a few people on the planet that um, have actually ever discussed that and i've gone down that hole um, because of the whole water pump um, theory for the pyramids or for the, at least the big one and uh, the vortexes the vortices that are within water and naturally, and there's only really one scientist who is the grandfather of all that, and I can't think of his name right this second. I have his books downloaded, uh, who, who actually understood that and why the, the rivers wind and ebb and flow, and that is correlated in my mind with the whirling or the spinning of the water charges that water with energy and like when you flush your toilet wherever you are on the planet depending on whether you're on the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere will dictate the direction is always spinning towards polarized towards the center of the earth right so that we're starting to understand the whole orientation if you look at everything in the universe everything has a spin to it if you look at the video that I always play in the beginning uh, with while my songs playing you see that I show you that natural spiral that is in the universe, and that is the three, the six, and the nine, the hex boson being the, the 12 or the nine particle, uh, and that is the God uh, energy. So you have that swirling, which is as above, so below, or in the literal things stated, as below, so above. That corruption was corrupted by those people who were trying to, to make themselves your makers so the lie was changed from as below, so above. And I've said that many times. You can look at, at um, what is it? It's Matthew chapter 18, verse 17 through 21. And you can read that Jesus even spoke of that. And you can find that in all literature around every religion that, that, that we drive the narrative here and what we paint here, so shall God paint in heaven. What we bind here, so shall God bind that in heaven. So it's not what I make in heaven happens down on earth. It's what you decide on earth that happens will happen in heaven. 
So that equation shouldn't be as above, so below. That's the lie that's told by saying it that way. To say, that's right, and there's a creator God who did that, and then I'm your creator God, you see. And we created you to be a slave race. And that's the narrative that's being preached all over this planet. You know, uh, Zachariah Stitchin did when he translated his, his translations of the Dead Sea Scrolls. The, the uh, History Channel's Ancient Aliens program is also preaching the exact same spin. That we were created by an alien race back in history and that we were created as a slave labor race. They're, pu they're pushing, trying to, to um, give you the tidbits of truth that there were aliens and that were here and that are here, but in the same sense, painting it with that narrative from the Orion uh, Crusader group, which is what Raw is warning. This entire thing is Raw going through, this is what you're supposed to know to be able to have the tools and the power to change the, your own narrative and your own destiny and then raise your vibrations to the point where you can then graduate. And they're here to help us because they were the catalyst, not realizing because their planet, as you just heard, was 80% good and only 20% uh, that were bad. And even then they weren't very evil until uh, these people had gone back to a, a planet that was not Ra's, but they came through and told Ra the story, was, you know, halfway through the fourth uh, density. So they ended up there, but they, so it wasn't Ra's planet where that happened. So Ra's planet had a lot of good people, and they've already established that. He evolved from trees. They evolved from a planet of trees. Okay, so that, so that explains when they got here, the mistake was they just assumed that the people here were not as evil as the, what they knew. So they assumed the people here were at least the same as what they were, and they tried to introduce this information to help all of us ascend faster because they were in service, not that we were stuck at the time, but they were in service, and wanderers are called to those planets that are at that level of 20% uh, or less graduation. So we had already gotten to that point because the powers that should not be were at that point already kind of changing things and keeping us status quo by keeping themselves in charge. Therefore, after that, the information that was gained was solidified in the minds of the priests that, yeah, see, we control this. So because we control this, then we want this to go our way so that we are always in charge and that we, all, we have money. So that's what they've done. Do you understand? So it should be as below, so above, not as above, so below. Most of what we have is right is wrong, wrong is right, up is down, down is up. A lot of that. We count with this 10-digit system. We count by tens, and because of that, we have fractions and fractals. We can't calculate anything to the precise round number. Why? Well, that would suggest, and I said this before I even had any inkling of this, that our number system was wrong. And I thought maybe there was a number missing somewhere between 8 and 10, or between nine, 8 and 9. Right? That would change the factor. And in fact, I even said it might be two numbers that are missing. And I realized they're there, 11 and 12. And that is evident when you look back in history to all these different uh, mythological ideologies or spiritual ideologies of ancient peoples where they claim that people from the sky came down and taught them. Most of the cultures have that. So most of the cultures on this planet are only been uh, um, modernized through education from someone not from this planet.
That's the standard. That's the bottom line uh, common denominator in every aspect of every human culture on this planet is that at some point they claim to have had the gods come down and teach them things. And most of the time the gods taught people not to count by tens, but by twelve. Not to have, uh, you know, only twelve months in the year, but to have, but to have thirteen. So you have, we run by the twelve, which is synonymous with pointing to the twelve, so I understand how we may have gotten to that. But the only reason that we went, it used to be thirteen equal twenty-eight day equal months. Because that was the lunar cycle, the lunar calendar. The, there's 13 full moons and 13 new moons per year on this planet. And we used to go by that. But then they, once all the, the Caesars started stealing all of the days because they wanted their month to be longer than anyone else's. By the time they did that and borrowed from the, you know, from this one month, there was hardly any days left in it. So people just dispersed those throughout all of the others and tried to equal them out as best they could. That's why you have some months that are 28 days, some that are 29, some that are 30, and some that are 31. And it's usually like July, August, September, right? October. Those are all 31 days. Why? Because Julius Caesar, right? Augustus Caesar, Septus Caesar, and Octavius Caesar. They all wanted their months longer, so they made their months 31 days long. So they borrowed all those those days from 28 to 31 from this one singular month. And you do enough of that, and they borrowed almost the half of the month, right? Because each borrowed three, and that's what? Four times three is 12. Three times four is 12, right? So that half the month was already gone. So they just integrated the other half and averaged it out to between everybody else. And that's why you have like one month in there somewhere. I think it's February. That's only 28 days. This month that we're in now, there's only 28 days in it. It's one of the original uh, months. So they had to change the calendar, is my point. So all of a sudden, a 13-month calendar became a 12-month calendar because this is the Greco-Roman version, Roman version, right? And the Greeks adopted it as well, right? So it's called the Greco-Roman uh, calendar. And then it was changed again, right? So the Hebrews go by a different calendar that was uh, a more ancient one than everybody else, and the Christians go by this now modernized Western Judeo-Christian calendar, which is designed and based from the day Jesus was born as zero in the year of our Lord, Anno Domini, A.D., in the year of our Lord, okay? And B.C. was, was not, um, you know, before Common Era. It was before Christ. And Anno Domini doesn't mean after death. A.D. doesn't mean after death. A.D. means in the year of our Lord. So they started counting from the time Jesus was born, and that was the zero date, day one, and that's where we are. So we're in the year 2021. That means that 2021 years ago was the birth of Christ. Right? Then you just have to find out when his birthday was. Nowadays, it's December 24th at midnight for December 25th being Christmas, which means Christ Mass. Right? And they changed that because originally it was told that it was in September or July. So they changed it when the Catholic Church was trying to incorporate the Celtic races of Europe into their religion. So when they went after the Irish, the English, the Scottish, and everybody else, all the Vikings and all that, they changed their religion and put it on the same day as what? Santa Claus. Look that up. Whole storyline we did on that. 
Neil Gord is doing a whole three-hour sermon on that. Okay, so here we go. I am Ra. I leave you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, then, rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the one infinite creator. Adonai. And welcome, Karen. I see you in the chat there, right? I know I, I went late. I got I came on at like quarter after because I had technical difficulties. Uh, so I went late coming on. And where are we now? We're like a quarter after again, aren't we? We're at 5:30, right? 5:33. That's okay. So um, I think I'll, I think I'll end up stopping right here just because this is the end. I paused it here. Let me finish it out. This is the end of session 89. So. Um, so we'll be going to session 90, and that would be a good spot, I think, to restart next Friday, right at the beginning of session 90. Right, so for those of you who have the video, you can see that session 90 took place on June 19th, 1982. And that's what we'll start on next week, because uh, then I'll be able to go a little bit longer this week. I was kind of um, pressed for time. Um, have some personal stuff that was going on that I was dealing with. I wasn't even going to get them live tonight, but decided that I could. My wife is flying out to California uh, tomorrow, so I decided to go ahead and throw this up on the air today. Uh, and um, in that way, I don't have to worry about that. So if I don't end up on the air on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, that's why. Right? I have, I have things going on in my life so <clears throat> that I'm not going to be talking about on air. Uh, until later. So anyways, so uh, I wasn't going to go live today, but I decided to, and then everything was rushed, and the computer had to restart, and it was just insane, and then I unplugged it on accident, and got a late start. But, you know, I did run over, so I did get a good hour in talking about the Law of One. Um, I, the reason I'm hovering on the where I'm at, and you guys don't see my face, is that part of the problem that I was having is my com my camera keeps shutting off. So <laughs> right now I don't have my camera turned on. Let me go over here to the studio and see if I can turn it on again. There's there's me when I first was uh, sitting here trying to start the whole show, uh, and my camera froze. Let's see if I can restart it here, and, and uh, that way you guys can actually see me uh, just before we get off here. Those of you on the MP3 file, uh, you guys aren't going to be able to see me anyway because you guys are just listening to uh, me speaking. So there I am. Namaste. You can see me there. I am live now. Um, now I have to set that to the screen because I'm off the screen a little bit here. So let me transform that to fit to screen. There we go. So there I am without my glasses on, right? I, you guys can actually see me now, right? You know, I was hovering before without because my camera's been off the entire time. Uh, I was having uh, problems in, in the, even in the studio, there was something, announcement that was going on on my live producer for Facebook that I haven't addressed yet, but I know that I'm still on the air because I'm monitoring on the monitor. Okay, so that was a lot to unpack, and it's going to be like that again. I've gone through 91, 90 up to 91 and partway through 91, and there's a lot of really good juicy stuff. So it's going to be a lot of me doing interpreting like I normally do. Like here, we only got through, what, 20 uh, questions because of that. And, you know, and, and me talking about the things that I did, like I said, a lot of times people go, that doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about here, and I'm always going, yeah, I know I'm a long-winded to get there. I am of Irish descent, right? I am a Celt, and we are storytellers. So sometimes we go along when some people are like, okay, you're losing me, and it's not that that's because you're wondering what the point is, and then all of a sudden the point hits. And you go, oh, all right, well, you didn't have to go through all that to get there to, for some We need. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Sometimes we do that on purpose because to get different people, you have to understand, I'm not just talking to you, right? I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to anyone else who's ever going to 
uh, hear this broadcast, right, or see it in the history of the universe because it's going to be out there until the universe is gone or the Internet gets flushed. Okay, so I have one chance to make sure that everyone, as many people as possible, can understand what I'm saying to them and what I'm talking about. So I speak in metaphors, and I try to tell people this because some people don't get that. I speak in metaphors, and sometimes I, that means that I tell the same story three different ways or four different ways. Okay? That, anybody who's a good orator will do that. Jesus spoke that way. So if you're a Christian, you already know what that is like because Jesus spoke that way. And sometimes they edited some of those out of his works because even those people reading it was like, well, that's redundant. He's saying the same thing over and over and over. Well, he's doing that because he has one shot at getting the message out to as many people as possible that will understand. So by taking that and not being right and saying, well, we, you, you know, you don't have to do that. Well, you got it, but that, that's leaving out, you know, another quarter of the population by me not saying it the other way. So if they do that in the Bible, you're going to read the Bible and some of you aren't going to get it because they took that part out that has the one key way that you learn to understand that. I don't know everybody's way of learning. I know that I took, uh, took courses on this when I was a, a manager, right? When people are living and do working, they have different ways of learning, and we had we, we know those ways. But me teaching you that here, I can only give you a couple. I can give you the visual that you can read along with, and then I translate so you hear me doing that. But um, some people, they need that visual. And other people need the, the tangible book in their hand to read along with it. Some people don't. They can just hear it and understand every word that's happening. So I can only give you a couple because some people need to actually read the book themselves by touching the book and feeling the book. Even me showing it to you on the screen, that will work for some people, but not for others. Having someone other than me read that to you that's a computer, um, some people have a problem with that because it doesn't flow exactly the way we speak. Right? I talk enough as it is. Could you imagine if I was talking and then critiquing or then translating? Right. I would, you know, if, if it's my same voice each time I have to say, and then Raw said this so that you know that Raw is speaking now. So somebody who did that on the computer makes it easier. I play it, stop it when I need to. When I press play, you know that it's no longer me speaking. So it helps those people to understand this is someone different that is speaking now. That's not my opinion anymore. We're getting back to the content. That's why I do it the way that I do that. I just don't tell everybody that every time the outset of every single, uh, you, know, how, you know, I'd have to prep this with 30 minutes worth of talking about where it came from, who did it, when it was happening, and then it's all approved and why, and then get into why I talk the way I do, how I talk the way I do, and what. That would be 35 minutes on every show that nobody would want to hear. <laughs> I already ramble on as it is on the first part of the show because I, I do that to try and get the crowd, you know, but, so people don't miss anything while they're going, hey, is that Leo online right now? Right. I try to burn five or 10 minutes just to get to let you guys assemble. If I jumped right into it, then you guys would have to actually be there on time, like as if you're watching a cable show, which I try to keep at a steady date. So, you know, this is when I'm going to be on. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to click on that every single time. Right. So if you go back and listen to it later, you get the knowledge. But if you don't, then you won't. I'm trying to make sure that, that gets through to people the first time. So sometimes I run on. If you don't like it, find someone else's translation of the Raw of One. That's what I tell people. If I don't fit you, go elsewhere. I don't get mad about that. I'm not doing this because I want likes. I'm not doing this because I'm trying to get rich at it. If I was doing that, I would be a cookie cutter, and I'd be talking about something completely different than I, what I talk about. I talk about this as a specific market. 
of specific people that I'm trying to help. I'm not getting paid for any of this. I pay for all of this. I have done nothing but lose money in the entire five years I've been on the air. Lose money. I've never made a penny. Okay? Because you don't, you don't get rich doing this. Nobody wants to hear this except for people who are ready for it. Right? If I wanted to get rich, I'd be talking about boobies or you know pretty girls or hot guys or cars or airplanes or sports or learning doing a dance for you and being stupid like they do on TikTok and hope it goes viral right i'd be doing that i wouldn't be doing this come on this is not where you get 100 million clicks this will never go viral <laughs> this will never go viral a couple hundred of you sometimes i get a couple of thousand of you or four or five thousand once i hit ten thousand views on one of these shows right that's good business right there instead of making any money off of it I don't even make money off donations, even though I put up on the screen and in the description. If you like this, please donate money because that's what helps me do this. No one donates any money. People think everything should be free. I agree with you. And if everything was free, I wouldn't have to worry about how I was going to pay the rent for the place I'm living or paying for this to be on the air or paying for these computers to get this stuff on the air or paying to have food to eat or gas for my vehicle. So the fact is we do have to make money. And at some point, if this becomes a liability, you won't see me anymore because if it gets to the point where I can no longer do this, I won't. Right. But I don't believe so. There's so much that I do that uh, is for free. Right. That, that, you know, unless they cut me off someday, I'll be the big fish and they'll censor me and delete me. <laughs> but until that day, I say what I can, right? Yeah, that makes sense, Rob said, right? Okay, guys, so uh, have a great night. Um, I may or may not be on uh, next week. I, I'm, I'm trying to because there's a lot of talk about in the news. So those of you who want to hear about politics, if you see it, like I always tell everybody, if you see it labeled Orion Rising News, know that it's politics. If it says the law of one, know that I try to stay away from politics and talk only about spiritualism and spirituality, okay? And informing you through everything that raw was warning us about and then sometimes talking about other things as well while i'm in there but most of that is is a it's cyclical the whole thing literally comes back to everything comes back to the one doesn't matter if you're talking religion it doesn't matter if you're talking politics doesn't matter if you're talking plant life or anything all of that in the larger scheme of things is either a a distraction to keep you away from your spiritual growth growth which in a sense and in a certain way is helpful <laughs> right or it is in fact part of your spiritual gro growth because everything that is an experience you'll find that out is what it's all about it's not about the way you do it or the pace that you do it in it's the journey that is what you're going to be graded on okay the journey is the important thing but there are certain things that you need to learn to move up to the next developmental stage and that's what's being taken from you and has been taken from all the people of this planet because they understand how the narrative works because raw taught them that's why raw is here trying to help <laughs> Raw's like oh my bad so nobody's perfect, not even people in the fourth. So that's something to think about. They're all just like us. I mean, everybody's human. Everybody is exactly like we are in the third dimension. doesn't matter the, the avatar that they're in. Their, their spiritual state of mind is exactly the same as yours. No different. That's what we need to understand. If we as a whole race of people actually understand that it doesn't matter. Oh, there's no such thing as aliens. Yes, there is. 
I, I didn't realize they still made that model. But it, it's if you don't believe that, it's because that's not what you're focusing on in this lifetime. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit there and go, oh, geez, that was asleep. No, they, they may not be. They can be further advanced than I am or you are in every other aspect. But they never did that. I said that earlier. They never went through that time where all of that mind wipe stuff the, uh, was. Who cares about all that? I'm just trying to survive and live in a mundane way on this planet. We all go through all those phases. So when somebody is like that, they're just not developmentally where I am. That doesn't mean that I'm above them, right? Because uh, who knows? Like I said, we're all here, and they could be a, a, a freaking ultimate wanderer who's been here longer than me. But in this lifetime, they chose not to do that. I was told that in my past lifetime, I did that, took it off, okay? The universe was waiting to see if I was going to do what I'm supposed to do, which is what I'm doing now. When I was in my 20s, I was kind of contemplating whether I should or should not. At that time, I didn't even know it. I was unaware of it. And the psychic said, we've been watching him in this lifetime because he's usually a great teacher. And that's what he signed on to do. And he got angry with the universe. I don't know over what, but I have anger issues. Everyone does. So you look at Jesus. Why did God allow that to happen? Why is the universe, you know, uh, you know even Jesus said, uh, you know, uh, God, why have you forsaken me when he was on the cross? It's part of the Beatitudes. It's part of the struggle of the last temptation. Do you understand? That was ego. So even Jesus, who is the supposed holiest of holies, lost his, his way and was, because of the pain of the physical death that was eminent, no one has ever explained why did he say, Oh, Lord, why have thou forsaken me? That's something that, to really ponder. They say that Jesus said that, and they never give you any reason for him saying that. No one ever, I've pondered, I've talked to priests about that. They'll talk to you about it if you actually understand what's going on, and that you can, at that point, speak to that point. But it's esoteric. They don't teach it. Okay, they don't teach it in Sunday school. You have to go, why did Jesus say that? Just like I, I pose uh, the other session where Jesus was up on the mountain praying and they sent one of the guys up, hey, dinner's ready, go get JC and bring him down because his dinner's ready. And they, okay, so he went up and when he got there, he witnessed Jesus talking to Moses and Elijah, who've been dead for a thousand years, talking to them. And he was no longer wearing his tattered gray uh, clothing. He was now in all white, and so were they. And when they realized he was coming, he had said, Sire, the food is ready. He then turned to them and shook their hands and bid them farewell, and they climbed up a ladder into a cloud and disappeared. And then he turned around, and when he turned around and came over to the, the, one of his followers, he was now clothed in the gray uh, uh, gown that he was wearing before, and he said, hey, listen, when we get back down there, um, don't tell anybody you saw this. Now, was that added into that book to show that Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God and a holy person? If that were the case, why would they do it in that way, introduce it, and then say, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, don't tell anybody that this was here. But write it down later so that when the book comes out, people hear that. So it tells them, I am the Son of God, but I don't want anybody knowing that right now. But I'm trying to be the Son of God. So that would have been a perfect opportunity for the, him to just change the narrative right there if that, in fact, happened for that purpose and say, well, yes, of course, being sent by God, I was speaking to the masters who were ascended who were here before. 
And what we talked about was basically getting the word out through you guys and empower them and ensure even more so in their minds solidify the fact that he's Jesus. But he didn't do that. He chose not to. He wanted to keep it a secret. Why? Because he never really stated, I am the son of God. Everyone else said that. He said, I'm the son of man. Right? But he was basically, I mean, he was a wanderer. He was saying, I was, I'm here to do a job, and I'm trying to get everybody to understand what's happening to them here, and that these orthodox ideologies of these boxes is not the right way, that those are evil men that are there to get money. That's why they had to kill him. He was getting people aware that you don't need all that. Okay? And, and that is a message, I know I'm going long again, but that's a message that is in everything. If it's esoteric, if it's there for you to, it's there for you to see if you actually understand what's happening. Okay? I was in a store, and there was a song on the radio uh, in the store that was, uh, actually it, was in a, it wasn't in a store, it was in, I was getting my mom's haircut, and they were playing it there because they were on this radio station. These two Chinese women, for some reason, like American rock. <laughs> they played all the time uh, on that station. And I was in there, and they had Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall, on. If you break down that song to understand the base root of that song, that song is literally the same thing. The song is, right? What's the, what's the chorus of that song? Hey, teachers, right? Hey, teachers, leave those kids alone. We don't need your, uh, your thought control. We don't need, right? So what basically to society they were saying the same message that Jesus was saying. We don't need you to be telling us what we should and shouldn't do, not because we're defiant children, but because we have free will and what you're telling us and the box you're putting us in is not the right box and we're aware of that. You're brainwashing us a certain way and making us be what you want us to be, not the full potential of what we can be. That's what that song meant. That's what it was about. But they were using it in the contents because they were rock stars of young people and trying to open their minds to that ideology. So they used, because they were English, they used the English private school uh, method and were saying, we don't need your, your thought control. We don't need your education. We don't need your thought control. And then they would say, hey, teachers, leave those kids alone. All in all, you're just another brick in the wall. The wall meant that was the proverbial wall that they were boxing you up in. And they even showed that on the cover of their, of their album. They were knocking down that wall. Another band, uh, The Doors, from the 60s. Oh, man, crazy, drugged-out hippies. Do you understand what they were preaching? The Doors meant those doors in your mind that are locked, that are built for you, and that you're breaking down those doors by breaking down those barriers just another brick in the wall. It was the same message by a different band. The message is in everything, everywhere. You just have to actually see it and open and unpack that box. All the songs that they sang, the doors, listen to the words. These aren't just crazy, drugged out uh, uh, musicians who are partying all the time. It's the way that they were painted. You have to understand that Leary back then along with the movement in the 60s, were unlocking those doors in their minds using psychedelic drugs. Today, we're achieving that exact same phenomenon through meditation and inner spiritual guidance. 
We no longer have to use drugs to open those, those boxes in our minds, to break down those barriers or those doors in our minds or knock that wall down of this established societal brainwashing that is being done to everyone, which is being done by those people who want control and want to control you and the narrative, and it's everywhere. It's rampant. It's in the churches, it's in the schools, it's in the, the, you know, the, the way our structure of everything is in your job or any job or the military or politics. All of it is the same. That's the biggest thing that, that I have that people don't understand is someone will say, I don't want to talk politics, I don't want to talk politics. But you'll talk religion with me. Well, you realize that that's the same thing, right? No, it's not. It's completely different. Well, let's talk about military. What do you want to talk about the military for? Because the military is being run the same way the churches are being run, which is the same way your job is being run, which is the same way politicians are being run. It's all the same. It's a caste system of control. There is no difference between Orthodox Church, Orthodox job that you have where you work and you enter as an entry-level peasant and have to work your way up through classes of people, castes of people to get to the guy in charge. Politics is the same way. Religion is the same way. Your job is the same way. The military is the same way. All of it is the same. It's maritime law. No different. So when you say, I don't want to talk about religion or politics, well, what do you want to talk about? Sports? That's the same way. You start out in sports at the entry level, and you want to move up into a better position where you get better pay for a better team until eventually what? You're in charge. You're the biggest dog. You've won. You're the president. You're the pope. You're the CEO. You won the Super Bowl. You won the World Series, or you won the trophy. It's all the same. All of it is the exact same. So to say you don't want to talk politics, but you'll be okay with talking about um, TV series, TV series is the same way. You enter your television program with a pilot, which is entry level, and then you hope that you get more and more and more and more likes or people watching your show so that you can then get bigger and bigger and bigger sponsors so that your show becomes more and more and more popular until you're the most popular show on television. Tell me how that's different than politics, religion, school system, your job, everything that is set up on this planet. It's not. It is 100% the same thing. So to say you won't talk about religion or politics, but you'll talk about anything else, you're talking about the exact same thing in a different way because it's all set up the same exact way. Your entire life is structured that way from the time that you're born until the time that you die. The only way that you can actually understand what's happening to you is to get that. See that and know that and know that the people say, oh, there's politics and everything, man. Jesus, everywhere I go. Yes. Yes, there is. There's religion and everything. There's politics and everything. It doesn't matter what it is. They're all the same. Okay? Certain races on this planet are traditionally looked at as peasants, entry level. And the rich and the elite are the ones that are in charge. There is not systemic racism going on in this world. It's systemic classism. Everything is set up that way to keep the rich being rich and the poor being poor. That is everything. Your entire life when you breathe it is that way. Okay? And it's not that way because of one race. It's that way on against all races. All the same. 
Is there some white people that hate black people that work in the police department? Fuck yeah. There has to be at least 20% because that's the ratio between good and evil. So there's going to be 20% evil people doing evil shit to to anyone. It doesn't matter the race. They're going to be doing it to everyone. Is there a stigma possibly? Well, the, there's a stigma that, the, that, that, that all races have towards the white people. Because the white people were the last ones to enslave or to get rid of abolish slavery, because white people are traditionally in charge around the world because they control the money, and they've done this on purpose, okay, all other races look at white people a certain way, and they have a fear of white people because of that. Because they've been beaten and murdered and killed their entire lives. But it's not just all white people. So that's what they lumped into. They lumped in people like me. I'm Irish. We were slaves. We were not the problem. We never have been. We came over here and freed the slaves and freed this country. With all of those people from all of the other countries, we freed other countries. Okay? But we weren't the ones owning slaves. Did every race at some point, probably in their existence, have slaves of their own, maybe their own people or other people? That was the way the whole caste system has been set up on this planet. So you can't hold races against themselves and say one's better than the other or one has been more oppressed than the other because that's just not true. It's not true. It's your perspective that, that tells you that. Right? It's your perspective that tells you that. Whoever you are, you think you've had it worse than everyone else, whatever race you are. Well, our race had it worse, man, because you know your race. You know your own history. To understand the history of the world, the truth is, if you want to look at at races on this planet that's had it the hardest, it's not the African race at all. It's not. It's the Native American race. The Native Americans to the North American continent, the Native people to North and Central and South American continent of this planet, those people have all but disappeared off of the face of this planet. Africa still has a lot of Africans in it and all over the world. All of us white people are still all around the world, right? Even the Jews, oh, they would probably come in second with their persecution because someone tried to murder all the Hebrew race. No one tried to murder all of the African Americans. No one has tried to murder all the Africans. No one has tried to murder all the Irish either. Oh, well, there was that time. But we were not as populous, so we can't claim that we were kicked around more than the Native Americans or more than the African Americans or the Africans all, the, all around the world. We just can't because we're just not that large of a population. The Irish population or the Celtic population does not outweigh those populations. We're a smaller population. If you lump us all into that Caucasian, which I hate, then, yeah, that makes up the, uh, you know, the, the majority. If you take all people that are not black or Asian or African or uh, Native American, red-skinned, then, then if you put all of those groups together and say we all did the same exact sin, that's wrong. Wrong. Okay, but it's also right the farthest back you go. If you look at any religion, they sacrifice people at some point. It's just a matter of when they stopped. I don't care what it is. So if you could, the, the comparative, and that's what I have done. This is why I'm going down this whole road. That's what I have done and what I do and what I try to encourage in all of you is that if you take a comparative look at everything as uh, an individual but as the whole, you'll see that everything that has happened to your race happened to every other race. And it happens at different times on different places on this planet. 
So is one race more superior than another race? Absolutely not. Is one race more persecuted than, than any other? Absolutely not, because if you look back far enough, you'll find that somebody else was more persecuted or as equally persecuted as your race has been. The problem is that they don't want you to learn the, the history of the world. Because if you learn the history of the world, you'll understand that this is just a cycle that goes on over and over and over and over. The colors change, the names change, the, the country changes, but it's the same cycle that goes on and has gone on for maybe millions of years on this planet. Because if you get to that big picture and understand that and throw off the it's a race thing because I'm uh, yellow or I'm red or I'm blue or I'm green or I'm black or I'm brown. If you look at those things and only know that you're own, that's what you're going to know. You're going to say we had it worse than anyone else. No, you didn't. You had it just as bad as everybody else. In our timelines of our history recorded now, the people who have had it worse are the natives, the aborigines. They're the ones that had it the worst. They're almost gone. When they, when you, when they calculate uh, Native American DNA, it's basically Mexican DNA these days because there's so few people who are actual, pure, or enough blood that are just Native American to be found. There was an effort by the U.S. government to murder them all off. Okay? Let's call a spade a spade. That's what they did. They made a hundred and some odd uh, uh, treaties with the Native Americans and never upheld a single one ever. So were there some atrocities that happened to gain America as, as it is now? Absolutely. Yeah. But if you look at all other countries, the same thing happened there too. So you can't blame one race over another and you can't blame one politics over another because all of it is exactly the same all of it we have to throw all that off that's the education that you need to teach yourself is to throw off the belief system of this caste system that breaks us down into separate groups psychologically and physically so that we are not united and we don't think globally we think individually on a street-to-street, block-to-block, you know, county-to-county, or city-to-county-to-state-to-country uh, reality. And they set up everything so that you're picking sides constantly. You're picking teams. You're, you know, you're, you're a Raider fan, a 49er fan, a Dallas Cowboys, a New York Giants, if, you're, if you uh, even pay attention to American football. They have a sporting event. They have all of these things around the world so that you're picking small individual ways to fight against your own people. So it's not hard psychologically for them to say race instead of football team. They already get you doing that when you're a kid, competing against each other, then competing as a team because they're setting you up so that you will be of good monetary value to them as a military asset. And if not, you'll be a good little worker or you'll get money for the church. You will contribute to all of their ways that they need you to be the worker bee for the rest of your existence because you owe them money. This is what they believe. You owe them money because you were born on their land they own you, and you owe them your life to their expectancy of when you're going to die. If you're 65, 68, whatever it is, the United States now is 65, I think, or 68. You owe them money. You owe them a cost of wages, living for eight hours a day, five days a week minimum, until from the time you're born until you're 65 years old. 
and then they accept that you're old enough to where you don't have to do that anymore. And oh, by the way, the only way that you have money after that is that you have to make up a fund that you have to pay into to pay your own wage because we're not giving you a free ride. Okay, so you have to pay for your own retirement in one way or another because every country has has their uh, their their uh, system, and you pay for it at some point in your life, and then other people pay to keep you alive until you die. Okay, it's a cycle that they run on. Everything is created that way. Money is is done on purpose to keep control, uh, and they don't have to have anything tangible. It's fake. They just print it. I wrote a book about it. Okay. You have, to, you have to expand your mind to that point and get that. The common denominator is that. Once you do that and understand that everything is the same, doesn't matter what you're talking about. I don't want to hear about politics because that's crazy. Well, why is it crazy? What's the difference? Well, I don't want to hear about religion either. Okay. But you understand that you're going to go to your job tomorrow and you're going to live what's going on in politics and religion and, and everything else because it's set up the exact same way, right? No, it's not. It's my job. It is the same thing. That's what you kind of learn when you learn a, a, a civics class. Take a civics class or learn what civics means, delve into that for a little while, and understand what, what your job is, that we are supposed to be watchdogs so that people who are evil do not gain and keep control and power over other people. That is what we're supposed to do. Because if we don't, what happens is what's going on on this planet right now. It has nothing to do with religion, it has nothing to do with politics, it has nothing to do with anything. It has to do with the caste system, and it's set up to make those in charge stay in charge, and those who are not in charge not get to be in charge. Period. Have a good night. Talk to you next Friday.